to the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich with Nathan Sage and Steve Sell. Enjoy your lunch with our fun-filled McPherson Radio Sports Show every Thursday from 12.15 to 1. Nathan and Steve will dive into and take a few bites from all your favorite local... Off the left side, still on his feet, end zone, touchdown come! McPherson, the who, sophomore. Who is Jayton Gum? Oh, he just made a name for himself right there. College. Man goes in motion. Southwestern loads the box. Hill running to the near sideline and is in. Touchdown Bulldogs. The wild Mish works again and they engineer a game. Go ahead. Touchdown drive. And pro sports. Went two to Kendry's Morales. A two-run lead for Kansas City. Sends a ball well hit in the left center field. And that one is gone! And the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. So grab your food, get your drink, turn up that radio, and enjoy your lunch with the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on McPherson's Radio, 96.7 FM KBBE, and online at midkansasradio.com. And now, here's Nathan Sage and Steve Sell. Got me hot. And welcome into the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on 96.7 KBBE. Nathan Sage and Steve Sell. Another week, another week of sports. Hopefully you got your lunch and hopefully you are ready for a side of sports because we're ready to give it to you, Steve. We got uh, McPherson going to Mulvane Friday. I can't wait to, to get down there and see what it's all about. I know we're going to have our own press box, so I'm excited uh, for that. I know the stadium looks pretty nice. The only thing that I've, I've learned so far about Mulvane, obviously they're uh, a team that McPherson person hasn't played a lot but one thing i've learned through their head coach so far just via via email is they are decimated by injuries but first off Steve, take us through uh this mcpherson squad taking on mulvane what really stands out to you well you know like you said it's a team we haven't played very often this is just gonna be the fourth all-time meeting and i think the most memorable one came in 2014 in the first round of the postseason uh the bullpups were seven and two mulvane came in three and six i think everyone just kind of assumed you know that would just be nothing more than a tune-up and mulvane came in here and won 28 25 so uh the only other two times were the two years before mcpherson won both those games one of them was very close uh you know so really there's only been one blowout of the three games but i really believe friday night uh it might be a pretty quick night for the bullpups this is probably the best chance for a running clock game mulvane like you said they have just been decimated by injuries um they're uh, talking to coach pav uh, who's been in contact with their coach about every day this week uh they have a sophomore quarterback playing now they have three starting defensive freshman linemen uh, you know, that's going to make it tough against that high-octane bullpup offense. And what Coach Pav says, we can't go down there knowing, you know, they are really beat up and decimated. We just can't go down there saying this is going to be easy. We got to, pl- you know, be as intense as we were for Bueller, as DeSoto, you know, in the games that, you know, were really uh, high-stress games. And and what you want to do if you're the bullpups, take care of business, get that, you know, get that W, get the game decided early and, uh, you know, look forward to next week because next week uh, the Bullpups are home against Augusta. It'll be week eight, the final game of the regular season. If McPherson wins 
tomorrow night and wins next Friday against Augusta, they will not be on the road until if they play in the state championship game. So they're home uh, the rest of the year. So, um, you know, looking back at the game on Friday with Bueller, uh, it was a real interesting game. We talked about it on our coaches' show on Saturday. Um, the Bullpups weren't overwhelming on offense. They put up a lot of yards but not a lot of points. And uh, the defense kind of bent but didn't break. And it was just one of those uh, kind of strange games. The final score was 18-6, to but you felt like the Bullpups left at least – 14 points on the field. Bueller probably felt like they left at least seven or 14 on the field. Uh, there were some turnovers in the game, a lot of penalties on the Bullpups. But, uh, hey, anytime you beat Bueller, it's a big win. Five in a row for the Bullpups over the Crusaders. And remember, there's a chance these teams could play again in the uh, state semifinals. Yeah, definitely an uncharacteristic type game for McPherson, especially offensively. Um, I talked to Coach Pav like you did today, and, you know, one of those things when it came to that game was the uncharacteristic mistakes, the penalties, um, the angry penalties on sportsmanlike conduct penalties, the turnovers, the bad snaps, just things here and there. And when we talked to Coach Pav after that contest, you know, he made mention that, you know, this team – past couple years has gotten really up for that Bueller game to the point where they almost get too up and start losing focus right. on the game. Right. And I think we saw that. So honestly, I think going into this game against Mulvane, talking to coach Pav, he said that they really did focus on the little things, uh, you know, the snap, the, you know, not making penalties. One thing I, I always thought was funny when I was up in Iowa uh, covering sports up there, one of the players actually told me, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And I, I, I like that that mindset, but at the same time, you got to be clean. You got to be disciplined. You need to do what you do so you don't hurt your team. And I think we could see, you know, you mentioned Mulvane's obviously decimated by injuries and it could be hard for them against this McPherson team but I, like you said I think we could see the best offensive performance we've seen out of this bullpup squad going uh, at Mulvane one because of the injuries and two because they're going to be I think laser focused on performing this Friday night well they know the uh, playoffs are just around the corner and you got to continue to get better you always want to get one percent better every game or five percent better every game and the penalties are something that can be corrected you know the the missed uh, assignments that they had you know the either the back going the wrong way the quarterback turned the wrong way those are things that be corrected so you know this is a bullpup team that has not played its best football yet and that's what you want in the playoffs you want to be playing your best football in the playoffs and i think uh getting sharpened up starts this week and i think it'll continue next week against augusta i just think they'll get better and better i think also at the same time defensively it's a great opportunity for this team which has had two tough assignments back to back in DeSoto and Bueller to be able to have a little bit I say I don't say easier but have a little bit a uh, game that where you're not expected to kind of hold the team in the game I think this you're going to see that defensive line play a lot better I think the linebackers are going to have something to show, almost tweaking things here and there and uh getting ready uh, obviously for postseason play like you said almost only two more weeks and we're, it's crazy to think yeah. we made it this far yeah. uh, two more weeks and we'll be having postseason play well Mulvane doesn't have the breathtaking type athletes in the skill positions and that'll be very evident early and again i just think this is a bullpup team if they come out and really drop the hammer early 
uh, this game will get out of hand very early. And that's kind of, you know, that's what you're hoping for in your last road game. You just want to get better. But anyway, uh, I think Fearless Forecaster had it 54-14 in his picks today. And, you know, they just lost to Rose Hill 56-6. And Rose Hill's probably not as good as McPherson. So if that'll give you comparative score, some kind of idea. And I think they lost to Clearwater by like 40 and McPherson definitely better than Clearwater. So that gives you an idea. And it's, you know, it's kind of a shame because when we saw this game on the schedule uh, before the season started, Mulvane had only had one losing season in the entire decade of the 2010s, even played for the state championship in 2012. Uh, Coach Myers down at Mulvane has not had a losing season since he's been the head coach. And, this, this year they will have a losing season, and uh, it's just been a strange year for Mulvane. But uh, this is one I think the Bullpups just want to play the game, get out of it injury-free, free, healthy, and get back to town, get ready for Augusta. Yeah, it could be the last road trip of the season for the Bullpups until they potentially play in the state championship if they can make that. Either way, going to be a great contest. Me and Steve will have that call pregame 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock from Mulvane right here on 96.7 KBBE. But we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back with more of the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich after this on 96.7 KBBE. Banking is different these days, but at People's Bank, we're here to help. You can visit us at any of our drive through locations or utilize one of our 16 ATMs, many of which accept deposits. You can even bank from home by visiting us online at peoples.bank or use other features such as mobile banking, People's Pay, or our new Apple Watch app. We understand that you have banking needs. And just as before, we will continue to be here for you. People's Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you have prediabetes, you can cut your risk of developing type 2 diabetes in half. In McPherson Center for Health's Diabetes Prevention Program, participants work in a group with trained health professionals to learn the skills needed to lose weight, become more physically active, and reduce stress. Classes start Tuesday, September 8. To learn more, call Suzanne Fleming at 620-241-2251, extension 179. Controlling your own weather can be easier than controlling anything else these days. This is Julie with RC Heating and Cooling. With a well-working cooling and heating system, you can be in control of your indoor weather at home. With so many things out of our hands, it's a good feeling to have a bit of stability. Call RC for a free estimate on new cooling and heating equipment. Call RC when your unit isn't up to par. Call RC to stay comfortable in any weather. Call RC, 241-2787. Nextech Wireless, the best coverage, latest technology provider that's right here in your own backyard. And about that latest technology part, get the sweet new iPhone and unlimited data for under 30 bucks a month. Want more? Switch to Nextech Wireless and get a $100 gift card per line, too. So switch now. Get yourself that new iPhone, save some cash, and one more thing. The great customer service, always free. It's time for something different. Nextech Wireless. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on 96.7 KBB. Some Van Halen running the devil in the background. Steve Sell, Nathan Sage. 
Let's get to other area games, Steve. Obviously, we do have a bunch of football games throughout the week. We do have, uh, I don't say, not a, not a lot of great matchups, though. Some games should be decided. I think a lot of these games could be decided by halftime. Yeah, when you look at the area schedule this week, uh, Canton Gala plays Solomon. I know Solomon's 4-2, and two, but they lost by almost 20 to Mound Ridge. And, of course, Canton Gala handled Mound Ridge by over 50. Little River's got Harrington, another game, likely over in, at halftime or in the third quarter. Heston, I think, will get back on track. They play Wichita Trinity. Teams have never played before. I know Coach Bowerly said they're kind of excited to go. Trinity apparently has a very nice playing field uh, very new stadium apparently mound ridge should have an easy win this week they've got uh un, uh winless fairfield coming to town fairfield's just been blown out by everybody uh be good for the wildcats be, to get back on track because if they win that one they're three and four and then they got pretty prairie the last week that's a winnable game they could get to 500 for the regular season inman and remington um you know this has always been a good game in the past but i'll tell you the way lance sawyer's Tutons are playing right now. I don't look for this game to be close. Uh, I'd really like to see this Inman team in action. They have just turned things around and, and are just blowing people out left and right. Uh, last game, they had 10 different running backs carry the ball. They had six different receivers catch the ball. Jace Dirksen's completed about 85% of his passes the last three weeks combined. He has really been on fire. So when you look at the area games, I think I caught them all. Oh, Smoky Valley and Southeast. Uh, Southeast of Saline. That'll be the best game of the night in terms of competition. Now, Southeast is undefeated at 5-0, but they didn't play last week. Smoky Valley, since losing those first two games by a combined score of, I believe it was 76-0, Smoky Valley has played some really good football. And remember, Tim Lambert is one of the best coaches around. And, uh, you know, they, they lost a heartbreaker last week played a really good Scott City team. They were on the verge of the upset. They scored with just under three minutes to go to go ahead, but Scott City went the length of the field and uh, pulled that game out with 22 seconds left. So, uh, heartbreaking loss for the Vikings, who the week before won a double overtime game against Goodland. They'd beaten Hillsboro by two. Uh, they'd lost, you know, played Colby. It was a, it was a one-score game until late, and then Colby ended up winning by 18. But uh, Smoky Valley really starting to come on and, and that's just a sign of really good coaching up there in Lindsborg. So uh, I really look for the area teams. The games look pretty cut and dry, but never, you know, Southeast and Smoky, good rivalry. And uh, sometimes uh, those rivalry games, you can throw the records out the window. So don't be surprised if Smoky plays Southeast really tough. Yeah, I want to give a little insight to the listeners right now when it comes to these games. Every week when we're in the broadcast booth, me and Steve are getting the texts in and we're looking at the scores. And I'll say the past. I've been three weeks. Our eyebrows have gone up at that Smoky Valley team. Coach Lambert has really got those guys believing right now that, you know, it hasn't been the wins all the time on the, but just the fact that they're in those games that they're, that we didn't think they'd be in a lot of them. And they are really showing up and really doing great and getting some close wins, close loss here and there. It, it could be interesting against that Southeast of Celine team. Well, Smokies played a really tough schedule. When you look at the teams they've played, uh, they've, they've played a really, really good schedule. And remember, the, the old saying is, you, the better teams that you play, the better it will make you. And it's made Smokey really good here uh, as it heads toward the end of the regular season. But, uh, no, you look, you look at the games. You know, Canton, Galva, Little River, and Inman are pretty predictable every week. Uh, but next week is the big – in the area, the, the big game next week, Inman will be home to play Smith Center. 
Smith Center is number three in 1A. Inman is yet to be ranked. They've been knocking on the door. By, on the, I, I always go by K-Preps. I mm-hmm. feel like K-Preps is the most – has is the best authority on ranking high school football because that's all they do yeah. is, is cover high school football. And I really go by what they say. But when you look at Inman and comparative scores, Inman and Smith Center against Plainville, Inman won far more decisively than Smith Center did. And I got a feeling when Inman and Smith Center play next week, man, is that that's going to be a titanic game down in Teutonville. Yeah, a great opportunity for the Teutons to – I guess kick the door in on the state scene and say they have they've arrived because they have been playing some great football. We we really earlier in the season kind of underestimated them and they just showed us. Well, and- I I thought all year they were going to be good. I, when they lost that first game, I looked at the schedule. I said, man, they still got Oakley. They still got Plainville. Maybe their you know their record isn't going to be as good as I thought. But I think the game that really turned around for the Teutons was Oakley. They made that long trip out there and dominated Oakley and then turned around after that really tough game and then turned around and beat Plainville pretty handily. That told me the Teutons, I, I really think they are a Final Four team in Class 1A this year. Now, we do have some other other great sports going on, other great teams in the area as well. We had a couple league championships uh, this week, uh, Steve. First off, obviously, McPherson Volleyball. Um, we knew that they were were good. We knew that they had the potential to be league champions. They get it done, 10-0 in, in in the league. Take us through. Kind of, I know you went out to that last match when they are taking on, I believe, Bueller it was. Take, it, take me through how great it was to see them win the championship. Well, you know, it came down. They'd already clinched the league. Uh, in the first match against El Dorado, and they were going for an undefeated league season against Arch Rival and Bueller, and those were three amazing sets of volleyball. Uh, I think Bueller won the first set 25-23. McPherson won the second set 25-22. And then the third set, McPherson had a good lead. Bueller comes back, gets it down to 24-23, and then the Bullpups or it's 23-23, and the Bullpups put away on on the, the last two points. So really great match there. The Bullpups ranked number four in class uh, 4A. Or I'm sorry, number two in 4A. The rankings just came out today. Right behind Andale. McPherson and Andale already have played twice this year. Yep. They have split those matches, and both teams also have lost to Bishop Carroll. The Bullpups played Carroll much tougher than Andale did. So, really, it's almost like they're 1-1A, one one uh, but McPherson's number two right now. Uh, back on Monday, uh, the McPherson High tennis team uh, last week won the league championship, yep. and then they uh, won the regional on uh, Saturday, they're sending five players to state. I know you're going to talk with Coach Tyler Brown this afternoon for our coaches' hopefully, show. Hopefully, hopefully yeah, on Saturday. <laughs> but uh, you know, you look at that state tennis. The Bullpups don't have a potential, probably a potential state champion because the Whitaker girl from Capon is basically going to just run rough shot in singles. She's a three-time state champion. Hasn't lost this year. She's going to be the singles champion. When you look at doubles, doubles is kind of wide open. But uh, I know Salina South's got a good team. There's a couple other good teams from back east. So if you're the Bullpups, your goal is for a top three finish. If you finish in the top three, you get a plaque. And also uh, this week, McPherson High Soccer, they were home against Bueller, and they went past the 500 mark for the year at 7-6. and Uh, Really good win. I I raced out there after volleyball was over, and uh, it was a 3-1 victory for the Bullpups. I know Coach Adrian 
Very happy about that. Cody Achilles was just terrific in that match. Scored two goals, assisted on the other. Caden Hargrave put the game away with about seven minutes to go after a nice pass by Achilles. They play at Hutchinson today, and the only problem with that is Cody Achilles and Tito Mendez will not be available as league cross country is today, I believe at El Dorado. So the Bullpups will be shorthanded against a good Hutchinson team. So uh, the other guys are going to have to kind of pick it up. And, you know, you also talked about the area. Smoky Valley Volleyball uh, won their first league championship since 1987. Uh, They uh, went down to Heston, beat Heston and Pratt. 23 in a row. They're 23-1, ranked number four in Class 3A. Uh, the rankings just came out today. They've won 23 in a row, and they can't move up. The top three are just entrenched in there. I think it's Sabetha, Royal Valley, and Cheney. And to me, to be honest, I think Cheney's probably the best of those three teams because Cheney's just had a had a, a, a terrific uh, volleyball tradition down there, and they're really good again this year. It's just incredible that we are at this point in the season to think that postseason, and obviously we, do, we, t- we talked tennis uh, having their state tournament this weekend, but then it's – right around the corner you're gonna have volleyball and cross country and everything going forward it's, it's just incredible due to uh you know the global pandemic we're under that we've been able to make it this far so keep knocking on wood and keep doing what we need to do to keep kids safe and everybody safe to keep those going on one thing i wanted to get to i keep harping on it mcpherson soccer seven and six overall you got steve we went to that first game. Did you think this team would be at it where it is right I, now? I thought it was looking like a, maybe a four or five win season. Uh, they only have two seniors, Cody Achilles and Logan Edgar, and they have been tremendous leaders for that team. But Coach Adrian uh, has coached this team up. They've gotten better. They play with a lot more confidence. And if you'd see that team from the first game to this game doesn't look like the same team they have really improved yeah great on those players for buying in and doing what they need to do to improve um it's exciting uh, especially getting going forward uh with these juniors and, and see what they can do next year and, and beyond but either way that's gonna do it we'll take a quick break here and we will be back with our last little section of the lunchtime sports section after some sports sandwich if i can get it right the lunchtime sports sandwich after this on 96.7 kbbe Hi friends, this is Dana Sammer. People often ask me if and when they can switch from one Medicare supplement to another. The answer is that you can switch at any time, but it must be approved by the underwriters of the new company. In other words, if your health is good, you may be a candidate to switch companies to save money, for instance. Call me, Dana Sammer, with the Alliance Agency at 245-4861, and we can discuss your Medicare needs today. Or stop by our office on the second floor of the Warren Place. Thank you. Whether you're reimagining your backyard or transforming a few acres into a field of dreams, let Prairie Land Partners show you how easy and affordable it is to own a John Deere. Go to prairielandpartners.com, click on the PLP Builder to build, price, and buy a compact utility tractor, mower, gator, or skid steer. Get started today at prairielandpartners.com. Delivering the right solution. There's never been a better time than now to buy that new or used vehicle you've got your heart set on. Great Plains Federal Credit Union has great loan rates to save your budget and get you into that new vehicle. New auto loan rates are as low as 3% APR. Used auto loan rates are as low as 3.4% APR. Get free qualified and then shop for your best deal. Great Plains Federal Credit Union, made in First and McPherson, offices in Abilene, Salina, and Hillsboro. Equal Opportunity Lender, member NCUA. 
Janet's doing it, so is Fred. Bonnie's all over it. Same with Omar. Tim's been at it since February of last year. Corey started the year before that. And guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Well, the doing part? Why, they're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. And they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? You ready to get at it and save? To start driving safe and saving in McPherson, call State Farm agent Galen Shields today. Discounts may vary. Not available in California, Massachusetts, New York, or Rhode Island. Your Board of Public Utilities asks, are you looking for ways to save on your winter heating bills? Saving money on your BPU bill can be as easy as one, two, three. Number one, lower your thermostat by two degrees to save as much as 4%. Number two, during daylight hours, open drapes and blinds to gain the maximum heat through the windows. And number three, check your furnace filter monthly. Keeping your furnace properly maintained will reduce energy consumption and save you up to 5% on your heating costs. This message is from your friends at the McPherson Board of Public Utilities. And welcome back into the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on 96.7 KBBE. Steve Sell and I, Nathan Sage, here on the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. Steve had to correct me during the break on my grammar issues. I, I, I let them slip. Either way, we're having fun during the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. Got some pro sports we need to talk about, Steve. Just some, uh, I guess, say COVID drama, some other drama potentially. Just things going on when it comes to especially the NFL. Um, Chiefs. That game getting moved, uh, I think it might be a good thing that it got moved. Going to Monday now, awkward that it's so early. Four o'clock game our time. I don't believe I've ever seen a, a, a football game, a, a prime, supposed to be prime time game, going to be that early. Either way, uh, should be a good contest. Bills didn't really show up on, on Tuesday. Weird to say that, too, on Tuesday against the Titans. Titans are a very good team as well, but didn't really show up till we'll have to see if they if they show up against uh, the Chiefs on Monday. Yeah, we'll start with the COVID situation first. Games are really starting to get moved around. Uh, I think it's becoming more and more a part of the NFL. You know, Major League Baseball had their problems early with COVID, and then after that, they pretty much sailed. They've been sailing – through yeah and then of course the nba didn't have any you know they were in a bubble but you're seeing more and more now nfl teams or players are testing positive uh games are getting shuffled around i just think at some no games have been lost games have been changed but they haven't been lost but i think at some point you're gonna see some games lost but getting back to buffalo and kansas city i think this couldn't have been a better thing for the Chiefs, the game to get moved to Monday. They were terrible against the Raiders. Uh, defensively, they couldn't get off the field. Offensively, Patrick Mahomes was just under siege all day. The offensive line did not perform well. And, you know, you got to put some blames on Patrick Mahomes, too. Um, you know, he held the ball a lot. You know, instead of just getting rid of it quickly and taking, checking down and taking what he could get, he was going for the big play a lot and forced him to, you know, to have to rush throws. He even had his first interception of the year. And, you know, as perfect as we think Patrick Mahomes is, he's still merely mortal. And yeah. he had a very mortal game. And the result was a loss to the Raiders. Uh, but to me, that loss may not be a bad thing. I think it refocuses the Chiefs, especially on defense. I know Tyron Matthew came out, Honey Badger. He was not happy. He says, we got to get back to playing Chiefs football. So Buffalo, like you said, did not look good on Tuesday against the Titans. Uh, this game will be in Buffalo. And if Kansas City wins this game, I think they're on their way because the schedule really lightens up uh, after this week. They play, I think the Jets are in there. They got 
some, another game with the Raiders at Las Vegas, but I think they'll beat the Raiders this time. And then a couple other teams around 500 or worse. So they've got some very winnable games coming up. Okay. And, of course, the big talk is uh, today uh, you've got it on the sheet. Le'Veon Bell, who was just released by the Jets, who is on my yep. fantasy football roster, but he's been stuck to the bench, has the Chiefs as one of his three finalists and uh, the Dolphins, Chiefs, and Bills. Now, to me, the, the move that makes the best sense for him is Buffalo because Buffalo's a contender, and they're not real strong at running back. The Dolphins, I know my friend Pistol would love to have Le'Veon Bell, but I just don't think they're, they're in a position to win. And then you talk about the Chiefs. I mean, do they really need Le'Veon Bell? Now, he's not like Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, when those two were at Pittsburgh, Le'Veon oh, yeah. Bell wasn't a knucklehead like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was 100% knucklehead. Yes. Le'Veon Bell was a solid player, at, you know, a, a great player, all-pro player at Pittsburgh. He went to a Jets situation that is an absolute dumpster fire. The place, I mean, it is the worst franchise in football. You might see them go 0-16 this year unless they play the Giants. I don't know if they do, but the Jets are by far the worst team in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell is such a talent, though. I mean, it's 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 enticing to grab him, but he wouldn't get the workload that he likes because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But, boy, you know, if you got a chance, and the Jets would be paying much of the freight because it's, you know, he's under their contract. The Chiefs would just be paying, like, yeah. like the minimum or something like that. Uh, you know, at least for this season, might not be a bad move because, remember, like next year they get Damian Williams will be back. And then what do you do with all those running backs? One thing I think could be interesting, I would like to see him go to the Dolphins, um, mainly because the Dolphins play the Jets this week, and that'd just be drama and be fun to see. And, hey, if you're, you said he's on your fantasy team, you know he's going to try and go off against the Jets if he's well, on that he, team. He, won't be able, he wouldn't be able to play this week because he's got to be COVID. He has to do yep, five yep. Uh, COVID tests, uh, pause, or negative, and so he wouldn't be able to play this week. But uh, I, I'm real curious to because, you know, in the Chiefs system, he would be unbelievable. I mean, he would be unbelievable because they like to throw to their backs. One thing about Le'Veon Bell, he's maybe the best receiving back in the NFL since Roger Craig. That's probably before your times. But mm. Roger Craig with the 49ers had a season one year uh, that he had 1,000 yards in receiving and 1,000 yards rushing. But Le'Veon Bell – we don't know. Is he still the Le'Veon Bell from Pittsburgh, or has he just lost a lot? We yeah. don't know. The Jets were so bad, they made him look bad. So uh, hopefully there's enough in the tank, if he would sign with the Chiefs, that he'd kind of be the Le'Veon Bill when he was with Pittsburgh's, how he used to torture the Chiefs. One thing I'll say about Le'Veon before we move on to baseball, uh, he did also, when he was at Pittsburgh, had uh, LeGarrette, shared time with a LeGarrette Blunt back there, so he wasn't the every down back that uh, you'd like to see out of him. He is a more of a specialty back, and I think you're right. If he were with the Chiefs, it'd be another great weapon to have, but at the same time, are you taking away from younger players? Are you, you know, And are you bringing on a guy that will bring his attitude will yeah. be a questionable attitude. Now, when he was at Pittsburgh, he really, other than he, he really liked the nightlife in Pittsburgh. He was kind of one of those guys that, oh, would, yeah. you know, trip the light Fandango, and uh, <laughs> you know, he, but uh, you know, he really he had no problems as far as effort. And really, with the Jets, he he gave a lot of effort. They're just so bad that there was nowhere for him to run or, or catch. 
Now moving forward, looking at the MLB playoffs, and I don't really want to talk a lot about that, but the Rays lead the Astros in the ALCS three games to one. Could have clinched it last night, but didn't. Um, and then Atlanta as a two to one lead over the Dodgers' best record in baseball. And the Dodgers, Dodgers came out last night, hit a historic eleven runs in that first inning in the ALCS. I'm oh, sorry, NLCS against Atlanta. So. To me, looking at those two, two, I feel like the Rays are going to make the World Series. I think they're kind I think, of I think that clinched. series, next game, the Rays will win that. And it's really interesting. You know, the Dodgers score 11 on the Braves. The year before, my Redbirds scored 10 in the first game of a deciding game in their playoff series, a game five. The Redbirds hit for 10. So Atlanta's been the victim of some big innings in the postseason the last two years. Now, the Braves have a two-to-one lead in that series but I would not count the yep. Dodgers out. They have the deepest team in baseball. Uh, they've got a deep pitching staff. Offensively, they got guys on the bench that are better than a lot of players starting for some of these other playoff teams. It would not surprise me at all if uh, the Dodgers come back and win that series. But Atlanta can really hit. And uh, they, get, they just got down so big, so fast last night that uh, Atlanta manager Brian Snedker uh, took his starters out basically three innings into the game to save them for game four. Yeah, I, I think I don't think LA's done either. I think they're going to, if I had to choose, I'd say it's going to be LA and Tampa Bay World Series. I'm not a big follower of the, uh, the Braves, but I, I just think the Dodgers you've been there how many years in a row now NLCS on the cusp of winning a world championship and haven't done it it's time they got it done especially on a shortened season 32 years since they won the world championship yeah so 1988 yeah that was uh Kurt Gibson that's right that one right there yeah. um actually I believe that is one of our this day in sports things too so we got a little jump on that as well actually that happened this day in 1988 and that Kurt, famous Kurt Gibson home run. Either way, got to get to NBA uh, as well as the Lakers won their 17th championship. LeBron wins his fourth, has won championships now with three different teams. My question to you, uh, Steve, the debate continues and it's so annoying, but do you believe I already think LeBron's on that Mount Rushmore of NBA basketball, but do you think he's the greatest of all time? No, I still go Michael Jordan. Uh, just uh, Michael Jordan to me was he was great at both ends not not that LeBron isn't a great defensive player but Michael Jordan was an incredible defensive player uh, he won six championships of course all with the Bulls he had some pretty good people around him but uh, I'll still go Jordan one LeBron two and then after that I'm kind of old school I love Wilt you weren't yes. even born when Wilt was playing but I grew up watching Wilt Chamberlain against Bill Russell uh, in the NBA Finals, or in the at least in the East Finals, seemingly every year, uh, it seemed like Russell always got the better of Wilt, except I believe it was 1967. It's either 67 or 68, but Wilt, actually, they beat Boston in the East Finals and then won the championship. That, that was that great starting five with Wilt Chamberlain, Chet Walker, Lucius Jackson, my main man, Hal Greer, and <laughs> Wally Wawa Jones. And that was still one of my all-time favorite basketball teams. So probably anybody listening doesn't know who any of those guys are other than Wilt. Yeah, Wilt is the one that I think stands out. I don't like you're saying, I don't remember all the rest of them either. But that kind of segues into my Nathan's complaint of the week. My biggest complaint over NBA basketball is we can't just sit and enjoy the greatness that you're seeing in front of you. You can't even do it in baseball. You can't do it anymore with a lot of a lot of 
sports because everybody always wants to say this is the greatest now and one of my biggest things is the greatest of all time talk we've been talking about it since lebron came in would he be the next michael or would he be the next kobe or would kobe be the next michael it's always this talk of who is the greatest of all time the problem is you can't say like tom brady has six super bowls okay you can't say he's the greatest quarterback of all time because someone might come along later and get seven or eight or do even better than him so he's the greatest right now and the greatest in our lifetime when you say the greatest too is tom brady the greatest pure quarterback yeah i mean if you're looking at the greatest pure quarterback i mean aaron Rodgers. yes is unbelievable in pure in talent uh, Patrick Mahomes is well on his way, yep. but Brady had some great teams around him. And a great and, coach. And, and now it's it's too bad that Brady got to Tampa Bay so late. If he'd been there at his late 20s, it'd been interesting to see what he could do. But that was the totalitarian of the whole team. Brady had a great defense and some other, you know, and Bill Belichick is the coach. So greatest of all time, it's hard to really say because of different eras. Yeah, I, I just can't Apples stand and it. oranges. I, I just can't stand it because I feel like we're just doing a disservice to the people that have come before them. And, and it's, it's not saying that, uh, you know, those players now wouldn't, beat down those players back then but you just don't know so you can't you can't come like you said apples to oranges you just can't do it and so i would i'd love it if we could get rid of people saying goat or saying greatest of all Mm -hmm. time and maybe just say the best we've ever seen well look at baseball babe ruth to me is still yes what baseball babe ruth made baseball and what would he do now who knows i mean you know athletically there's such a difference sports have changed athletically exactly so much i mean i remember watching when I watched the NFL as a kid, offensive lineman, if you had a 250-pound tackle, he was a monster. Yes. And now those are tight ends. Yes. and The back, bullpups have a 250-pound tight end. Back then when you had Pat Summerall and John Madden, they'd talk about the hot, big hog mollies weighing close to 300 pounds. Now it's more close to 350, if not 400. Right, right. So uh, physically, uh, there's been a lot of change. And, and let's just enjoy the greatness of all these players and you know it's just, it's a subjective argument there's no wrong answers uh it's just arguing for the sake of arguing yeah now let's get to this day in sports some interesting things on this day in sports 1980 george brett is forced out of the world series with hemorrhoids i don't even remember that and that's so, been 40 that's 40 years ago that that blew my, me away obviously we already talked about kirk gibson 1988 with two outs in the bottom of the night an injured kirk gibson hits his dramatic two-run home run to give the dodgers a 5-4 win in the first game of the world series i believe that was against the yankees i believe or was it oakland i can't remember oakland Yes. Oh, Dennis Eckers. Yep. Back back in I was in LA. I remember um who's the coach back then for the Dodgers? Uh Man, Tommy Lasorda yes, was the manager. Run, yep, yeah. yep, running up on the up, up to the home plate after the home run. Um and then Wayne Gretzky in 1989, we don't talk about hockey a, a lot, but passes Gordy Howe as the NHL's all-time top scorer, the great one Wayne Gretzky. 30 years since Gretzky played. My gosh. And then all you Royals fans, it's only been 6 years since uh, the American League Championship Series when the Royals beat the Baltimore Orioles 4 nothing to go to the World Series first time since 1985. They were in that World Series. Given they did lose in seven games to San Francisco, they obviously came back the next year and got that World Championship. And the birthday, there was no standout birthdays to me. The only one that really stood out to me, and this is because I'm from Iowa, is uh, Fred Hoiberg. Uh, Mayor. Yes, exactly. He he is beloved. Even as the now Nebraska coach, he is still beloved in Ames, and he will always 
always be love there. One thing interesting I always thought about Fred Hoiberg, he has a pacemaker. And mm. I just thought that was interesting. He's been know he's had a pacemaker, I believe, since uh, right after his playing days, I want to say. So okay. that's an interesting thing, a little side note about Fred Hoiberg. But either way, as much as I might not like Iowa State, as much as I don't like happy birthday to him, hopefully he enjoys go. it many more. But that is going to do it this week's version of the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. You got the high school coaches show coming up on Saturday, so you get more of Steve and I. And you also have uh, McFirst and I football coming up Friday, pregame 6.30, 7 o'clock kickoff from Melvane should be a fun contest I can't wait to get get there I can't wait to hopefully get out of there early and and (laughs) see the Bullpups get a big win again should be a fun time but until next week we will catch you on the flippity flip that's going to do it for this week's version of the lunchtime sports sandwich I hope you all enjoyed your lunch with a side of sports courtesy of myself and Steve Sell until next week go Bulldogs go Bullpups go Wildcats go Jayhawks go Royals and Go Chiefs!